Hello there. How are you doing, Ralph, this week? Hi, Peter. I'm good. Excellent. 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 Now, what we're going to do is we're going to try and race through this to see, because um, we've been cut off a few times in the past. Maybe this is the software's way of telling us to get on with it. So um, that, you, that you are talking too much. Yes. Yeah. Well, no, it, well, indeed. Indeed. Um, so, well, of course, of course. Um, so um, let's dive. Let's dive straight into it. Right. So right. we're going to talk about we're going to talk about three things today. Um, one is the end of the war. Uh, two is cryptocurrency because that's been a massive topic and three my favorite story of the week in fact possibly of the past few years about toyota so anyway let's start off with the serious uh, you know the serious subject of the end of the war um so ralph i mean you've got some very interesting thoughts in terms of how the ukraine war could end or how it could you know how it could how th- uh, how things could unfold in the next few months so what do you reckon yeah, I'm uh, I'm I'm calling the end of the war, mm-hmm. and uh, obviously I do this mostly because I need to soothe myself, and this is yes. uh, to some extent wishful thinking, to a large extent, mm. wishful thinking. But it's just something which I sort of piece together as a feasible or possible scenario as I'm reading about the political developments uh, emanating from from Europe and and from Russia and the Ukraine. Mm-hmm. So. What I would just like to start with is to say that currently what we're seeing is that Russia is making slow but unfortunately steady progress. I mean, Mm -hmm. that cannot be denied. And I believe it is uh, becoming just a... Uh, internecine war of of, of attrition now. Mm-hmm. The Russians are pushing, the Ukrainians are not able currently to push back as much as they used to, largely I believe because uh, weapons delivered from the US and Europe are not uh, coming to the front line in, in, into theater uh, quickly enough. And mm-hmm. that is the situation which we see. But behind that surely must be the fact that the Russian economy is suffering. Mm. Uh, recent estimates uh, said that the sanctions have now reduced the economy by 15 to 20 percent. Yeah. We've discussed very briefly uh, the situation of the ruble, and this mm. may be counterintuitive because the ruble is now super strong against most uh, free world mm-hmm. country currencies and, and against China. Well, against actually pretty much every currency. Mm. But the reason for that is that Russia has implemented capital controls. The international market in ruble has completely dried up and has fallen away. There's Mm. no volume going through ruble trades anymore, which means that any sort of activity the Russian government is choosing to do in order to strengthen the ruble is having a disproportionately um, Mm. powerful impact on the currency. Yeah. And that is the reason why we've seen the ruble after initial weakness uh, rebounding and now trading at levels which is which are stronger against the dollar than mm. uh, before we went into the invasion. People yeah. sometimes misread this as as thinking that the sanctions aren't working and yeah. that the Russian economy is strong. But that is yeah. actually not the case uh, yeah. in this particular case. Sometimes it is the case to say that the exchange rate is an indication of a strong currency, uh, of, of a strong economy. In this case, it is clearly not. So the sanctions yeah. are working. The strength of the ruble is actually further harming the Russian economy. Yeah. Uh, tragically, Russian soldiers, of course, are dying in large numbers at the front line. Mm-hmm. 
Russia is running out of war material. They've already taken out of mothball ex-Soviet mm. tanks, and they're using mm. increasingly equipment that is very old indeed. Mm. And Putin will, of course, know all this. He mm. may have become more irrational very recently, but he's not stupid. Of mm. course, he knows this. What mm. I think he may be seeing is that they are now making steady progress they are already talking about engineering referendums in the Donbass region. Mm-hmm. And that is, I'm going to bring this together in just a moment, but that's one side of the equation. So let's just keep mm-hmm. that in mind. Mm-hmm. The Russian economy is hurting. There is not that much more that can throw at the war. Currently, they're making progress. Mm-hmm. So the second, the other part of the equation is the support which the Ukrainians are getting from the free world. Yeah. And it kind of looks to me, if you look at Europe, and I wouldn't exactly say that the unity here is, is crumbling, but certainly mm. fraying or in danger of fraying might be a reasonable way of describing it. There are indications sort of everywhere. I mean, Germany, Olaf Scholz is sort of cagey in their support of Ukraine in terms of mm. rearming the Ukrainians. France, likewise. Recently, uh, skepticism of France in this regard will have seen further support of, will have become more um, more, more potent as mm. Macron is now pretty much unable to rule in its own country, in his own country, mm. following the his loss of majority in, in, in parliament. So we have now in parliament much more potent voices from the anti-Macron uh, sort of parties, which is basically mm. everybody. It's the communists yeah. and the socialists on the one hand, and it's the far right wing uh, Front National under Le Pen mm. Um, Mm. On on the other hand, both are in favor of either leaving NATO or not contributing to NATO Mm. as much. So we Mm. have a weakness from that point of view. Moving on, it goes on. Looking at Italy, the Mm. uh, unity there is actually clearly and visibly, there I would say crumbling because the five-star party is now splitting and Mm. it's splitting over its support, over its stance on the Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Draghi is still in favor. Uh, the party, which, the part of the party which has split, is not. Mm. Into all of this beginning um, loss of cohesion in Europe, mm. Putin mm-hmm. is dropping the bomb that by mm-hmm. the end of the year he's going to cut off all gas supply to Europe. Mm-hmm. That is clearly from Putin's. Putin sees all this, I'm sure. And it is at least conceivable that he thinks, well, let's let's pile on more pressure onto a fraying European uh, cohesion. Mm. Let, uh, let, let us make sure that the Ukraine is getting less and less of military support from the free world. Let us therefore pile pressure on the Ukraine. And at the time when we can't carry on because we're running out of stock, out of weapons, out of everything, which of course we're not telling anybody, but Mm. right at the time that we are basically able to take the Donbass, Europe is going to be less inclined to uh, encourage the Ukrainians to fight on. Mm. And that might be the time when the cost of peace is going to be finally less than the cost of war. Mm. Russia or Putin can go back to his people and sell something as a win. 
-hmm. He will therefore make sure that he's not going to be sidelined. He can stay in power. The West can sort of breathe and think, well, let's just go with that uh, uneasy and quite frankly, ethically unpalatable uh, peace accord of some description mm -hmm. and take the time to regroup, emancipate ourselves from Russia in terms of energy politics and perhaps food. And unfortunately, then we will have to see what what uh, what else is going on. But just medium term, I do wonder whether we are moving towards that sort of situation. Previously, mm. I said that the parties have to fight themselves to a standstill. That would still be pretty much that sort of situation. It is just that the standstill comes in a different form, not through military impasse, but simply uh, through the... Um, loss of support from the free world of the Ukraine mm. uh, and at the same time Russia's um, the, the willingness to sell a, a territorial annexation of the Donbass as a win at home. Mm. Mm. I mean, I, I think that that puts it together, you know, pretty well. I mean, and actually, I'd almost say that that would bring it round full circle, wouldn't it, really? Well, I suppose it, it does if, if you had got the end of the war, because I think that Putin picked a very, you know, if you were to pick a time to do this, it was, a you know, the, strategically a good time because Europe, you know, was splintering back then. And I think that what the war has done, it has put more pressure... Um, and possibly deepened some splits, although it has strengthened some, um, you know, some other relationships as well. Um, I mean, it certainly shows who Ukraine's real friends are, for instance. Um, so, yes, I mean, f for the very reasons that they got into the war in the first place, Maybe these are the reasons I um, that actually they're going to pull out of the war. But I mean, um, you know, I've always said that I've always maintained that um, you know my, my ideal situation in 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 terms of what it would look like for the world and stability and you know longer term peace is that um, is if it was not Putin that was in power you know, either through ill health or something happens to him or whatever it might be. Because until, if he, as long as he is, has the, you know, the reins of power, he, there's always a chance that this could just happen again. Mm -hmm. um, and the other thing as well, though, is that it depends if, it, well, who he's replaced by. If So if he isn't in power, is he replaced by, who is he replaced by? Is he replaced by, you know, military people who are even more uh, belligerent than he is, for instance? Or will it be a, a sort of, you know, an opposition uprising, a bit more pro-world, you know, pro etc.? I mean, that, that could make a, a very big difference. But I think whatever happens with, whatever happens in terms of um, him coming, you know, being in power or coming back into power mm. um there's always the chance that this you know we're just going to kick the can down the road this is going to happen again in five years time or 10 years time or something yes but, exactly yeah. 
What you and, and I'm aware that um, my scenario is not necessarily a joyful scenario no. at no. all. No. It calls an end to the war by this year and end, end of this year, autumn or winter, mm. but it will result in Putin staying in power. Mm. But as you say, I think a sustainable, uh, positive solution to this, unfortunately, will have to involve Russia as a properly democratized country. Mm. Mm. And that I can't really see happening. We've mm. seen this before with Gorbachev. Russia came as close as it's ever been to uh, having a, a proper democracy with uh, checks and balances and, and proper mm. democratic uh, functions. Um, but that didn't last and that didn't work. And so, mm. And so you wonder, it is either going to be Putin or one of his um, members of his of his coterie, but but even then, you see, I mean, th th that's inconceivable, really, because for that to happen, he would need to be pushed aside, mm. and that would only happen if the uh, cost of war is going to increase the cost of peace. In terms mm. of, mm. they they wouldn't uh, be able to make any progress. Then, I mean, as long mm. as he can say, "Look, we've got the Donbas," uh, isn't it, isn't it great? Mm. As as long as he, he is to sell that at home as a win. I can't see him disappearing. And yeah. so that, that's why I'm saying this. I, I can see perhaps a possibility for the more immediate atrocities to come to an end by by winter if these scenarios mm. play out like I painted them. But but that in itself, it's exactly what you say. That constitutes a can which is being kicked down the road because mm. Russia is then going to go back, regroup, uh, remilitarize, modernize its military and possibly learning the lessons from this situation. Mm. The free world is going to do that as well in terms of remilitarizing the new Iron Curtain, the new borders. And I, I, I think, unfortunately, we need to steel ourselves and brace ourselves looking into for, looking forward. That's the wrong word. Looking into a world of the future, mm. which is going to be bristling with weapons at the mm. at the borders of um, well of the EU, let's say, mm. and uh, and Russia. Mm. So it's not joyful, but at least no. there is a possibility for the dehumanizing tragedy, which is playing itself out every day in front of mm. our eyes on the television and far, far worse in, mm. in, in, in your backyard if you live in the Ukraine. That may come to an end, perhaps even by the end of this year. Mm. Um, we'll okay. see. It's wishful thinking, but it's, yeah. it's, a, it, it's, it's a scenario. It's, a, it's mm. an interpretation of uh, mm. political events. Which, yeah, no, uh, I, I, yeah. again, I, I wouldn't disagree with any of that. I thought it was very interesting. Right, so um, let us move on then um, to the next topic, which is cryptocurrency. Now, <laughs> cryptocurrency has been, had an absolute um, shocker of a week. Um, you know, it started off the week by uh, having um, gone down under um, $20,000. Um, and so, I mean, that, that was a, a bit of a shocking start anyway. Um, and then you've got 
other um well i suppose you've got you know binance uh, the the chief exec of binance was um was painting a very gloomy picture um and said that cryptocurrency could stay below the $69,000 peak for 2 years so that's not you know that's not being particularly uh, positive um and also um uh, sorry celsius which is one of the um you know one of the companies that has frozen withdrawals um of bitcoin continued to um to uh you know freeze um yeah freeze freeze withdrawals um and then not only that is that i mean i suppose it was quite interesting i mean there was an article um in in the daily telegraph that was saying how this isn't just one of those buy on the dips scenario um this is you know the 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 the, the fall has been huge you know 69,000 down to 20,000 um the chance of you know the contagion in other related assets like nfts for instance are bigger um and also the investor base over the last few years has also broadened i would i would say especially under lockdown for instance because remember there wasn't that much to do under lockdown what and and so some people decided to take on um cryptocurrency as well so so anyway i think that this is um been a, a very interesting um, a very interesting week um, for cryptocurrencies and for crypto assets generally um, I did think it was quite amusing in the sense that we saw Ronaldo uh, football player Ronaldo um, signing a a deal to um, create a range of nfts um, with the crypto exchange binance. Now, as far as I'm concerned, whenever you see celebs stroke football players getting involved in stuff like this, that usually is a bad sign um, because it means that they've, you know, think things have, have reached a peak, although obviously cryptocurrency ha- has reached a trough. Um, but anyway, what do you think, Ralph? What do you think about this? Is it all a bit ridiculous? Storming the teacups, are you going to go up again? Are you going to... You know, are you going to wade in yourself and throw in the the um, the Ralph millions in in there? <laughs> well, I, I, I follow I follow this discussion with um, with bemusement. Let's say, mm, mm. I mean, what what I hear is all these all these various statements which you've just um, which you have just referenced, and I'm thinking people talk about this as if they can talk about this like. Any other asset class? Mm, mm. Oh, it's now below sixty-nine thousand. This is this time. It's going mm. to be uh, not recovering. How does anybody know? Mm. There is no one reference to any valuation model which I no. know that would actually put a economically calculated value on any of the cryptocurrencies, or at least mm. I would challenge anybody to show me their valuation model and tell me how they could actually come up with a value of X, mm. 69,000, 16,000. Who says 16,000 is cheap? Mm. Maybe 16,000 mm. is expensive. I'm quite, quite yeah. shocked that it went up from $1,000 like 20 years ago to whatever, 20,000. So, yeah. I mean, you see, um, I, I'm in no doubt that there is some transformational technology here. But the yeah. transformational te- technology is blockchain. 
Mm. And the various cryptocurrencies run off blockchain. And to the extent that we're doing transactions on the blockchain in the currency, you could even argue that to some extent, the cryptocurrency is identical to the blockchain. Hmm. That's not going to be like that in the future. You, you cannot, won't be able to argue this in the future when we have proper commoditized um, transactions run on a blockchain, smart contracts, for example, things like that. Hmm. Um, nothing fancy, like for example, my contract with my plumber as a smart contract which auto executes once the plumber has been i check mm. a box somewhere which says yes he has been or she has been uh, work was executed well the toilet hasn't blown up mm. cool mm. <laughs> yeah yeah it's always <laughs> it's always good to know whether that hasn't yeah. blown up isn't it really well but in light of our next story which is uh, <laughs> yeah, very good you wonder actually but anyway yeah. so this yeah. toilet hasn't blown up which is wicked and so you so you check the box on the smart yeah. contract yeah. the funds which until that um, that uh, time have been in escrow account yeah. released are released to the plumber yeah. uh, the fact that this is the case increases the cash flow certainty of these merchants um, yeah. and by 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 extension their credit worthiness and mm. cetera so that i think is going to translate into a real measurable real world benefit mm. to uh, our economies mm. and in addition to that we have the metaverse this is getting like science fictiony a little bit now mm. but we've got the metaverse of the future running off blockchain we've got internet of things which is arguably the next step for the internet and it's enmeshed very tightly again to the extent that it might be identical to some extent with the metaverse all of that is going to run off blockchain mm. we're going to have all the transactions which are involved in for example selling and buying property surveying all of that is basically not going to be necessary anymore because mm. the information which is involved in the chain uh, which uh, represents selling and buying a property is mm. all encrypted um safely and uh, unchangeably on the blockchain mm. so uh, the revolution of blockchain i think is going to be that it's going to make all of various intermediaries um uh, superfluous and once we see that then i think we have a valuable commodity then we can actually value the earnings or the fees which are coming off the blockchain put a value on it the blockchain itself might ipo and then we have a real-time product uh, uh, sorry a real world uh, solid product what mm. we currently have is some weird fiction of value which people assign to a currency which doesn't really do much in mm. in the real world which promises us benefits in the nature of being unsupervised by governments which quite frankly in the free world doesn't actually do much for you mm. it does mm. do something for you if you live in uh, developing non-industrialized countries that mm. is true but 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 but, that, but 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 again that is it's not clear to me how that can be monetized and mm. therefore translated into value. So in mm. the end, I don't know what is going on uh, mm. in um, the various cryptocurrencies. I don't know why there were these swindling 
uh, heights of valuations anyway. Mm. Uh, I, I, I would put some money in it, uh, mm. if I had any, just mm. uh, as play money and see where mm. it's going. But mm. that's not an investment. That's just being... Scandal, and, yeah. and, and perhaps, I mean, there's always yeah. a caveat. I may certainly understand all the technology in detail. I mean, I freely admit this. And maybe somebody can send, send me a valuation model so mm. that I can have, take, take a look. Yeah, I mean, I have to say things like this, um, because you can't, you can't really value it. You can't really value it. Um, um, it's the source of, it is the realm of the technical analysts, isn't it? You know, the um, talking about the, the patterns of the graphs and all this kind of thing. Um, and, and I mean, again, I, I was subjected to, um, to that when I was a stockbroker and covering Japan, we did have technical, because until then I thought a technical analyst was, um, an analyst that, that covered the technical, you know, technical sector, oh, tech sector. Right. Okay. And then, and then, you know, like I say, then I covered, um, you know, started covering Japan and we started having these guys, you know, looking. So what they do, just for those of you who don't know, um, what they do is they look at the way graphs, you know, like they look at patterns on graphs and then they will notice these patterns and then they will say, OK, so the next if it breaks this level, it's the next level is going to be this and then it's going to do this and this and this. And I, I always thought that. um it was akin to tea leaf reading. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, That's and, and I, right. I was very doubtful of it. Um, however, um, it does work for some people. And um, I do actually think that the it's all based on the psychology of the market. And, and, I, and so actually, I don't, I don't think it's tea leaf reading. It's better than that. Um, but... Um, but you know, I I do remember uh, again. You know, when I was breaking, what I used to try and do is I used um, so fundamental analysis um, of the analysts, you know, of our analyst reports, and then you know my own just sort of you know looking at things, and then did an overview. You know, saw what the technical analysts thought of these these things, and if all of them, all of these, I, I would then come up with a list where it all aligned. Um, and, and they did all right, actually. They did okay. Hmm. But um, the only thing is, I think that um, this has to be, yeah, because there is no fundamental re analysis, really, on it. Um, I think that's no. all you've got, really. You could just go, oh, yeah, there's a dropped shoulder, and therefore uh, such and such. Path. I mean, there's all these names for all these patterns well i think and, uh, yeah. i i think people who are watching the video see me squirm and do yeah, weird know, yeah. grimaces with my face Be, because i do think it is at best tea leaf reading and that's a yeah, very know, nice yeah. way of actually saying what it actually is now that's not saying that there is not psychology in the markets mm. absolutely mm. and of course the psychology is reflected in the uh, volatility which you see yes that's right yeah yeah but technical analysis is basically holding a ruler you, you basically print it out and then you take a rule and you say, oh, this is like the support level, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I know, exactly, yeah. You know, and this is, yeah. 
I mean, yeah. no, it's not. It's complete nonsense. It happens to be <laughs> that there are two troughs and yeah. you put a ruler to it and they draw a line through it. It doesn't mean mm. there's a support level of any kind. No, and exactly. Sometimes yeah. there might be, in which case the technical analysis trumpets about the mm. great success which they had, mm. but then often there isn't, in which case yeah. it wasn't quite the support level yet. So mm. then you take your ruler and put it to different troughs mm. until you find such a trough from mm. which it rebounds. And then yeah. from hindsight, you proclaim that it's has yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, oh, look, and head and shoulders. I mean, what does that exactly mean? Well, yeah. there's a bit well, which saw, sticks out with, um, over the other bits, and that so looks a bit champagne. like a head, and that yeah. looks a bit like shoulders, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. You know, look, but yeah. that is not to say that this yeah. type of analysis isn't isn't meaningful. But what yeah. you have to do is you have to use statistical models yeah. and look at the data behind it and put yeah, some yeah. patterns through it, machine learning, etc. Yeah, yeah. The problem is with these statistical models is that the predictive value of them decays quite quickly over time. Yeah, yeah. So you can actually basically project something out into the future, yeah. which is future measured by one day, two days. And yeah. there have been people who have been... I mean, spectacularly successful at it. Mm. I know one particular person. He also happens to be a named mathematician, a genius mm. mathematician. So, so I think there is absolutely value there is something in it. In it. There but is you, something in it, but yeah. But it, it, you, but you have yeah. to be an extremely gifted mathematician or yeah. physicist in order to yeah. do that. It isn't yeah. enough to take your rule out and yeah, shout yeah, yeah. there's a head yeah. and shoulders level. Anyway, yeah. and, and in Bitcoin, you can't even do that because basically we have only two lines. One goes up and the other one goes down. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, yeah. so um, so I don't know how the cryptocurrencies mm. are evaluated. As I said, in the future, mm. I am sure there is some excellent technology behind it. Mm. it. It is in its infancy and I do not believe mm -hmm. that mm. Uh, it you you can be a, um, you can put a proper economic mm. value on it, but uh, brilliant. Yeah. Always space for speculation, and it's like yeah. the tulip bubble in the nineteenth century, where where people were happy to pay five thousand dollars for a for a tulip, and it was brilliant. actually no more than a tulip. Yeah, brilliant. But it wasn't actually worth that, as it then yes. turned out. No, indeed. I don't know why. <laughs> so anyway. I mean, there we go. I mean, I think that that's will will, um, you know, cryptocurrency will no doubt be generating more Definitely. entertainment as time goes on. Um, but I, you, actually, yes, but In really, yes, but really, I think we're gonna we're gonna finish on what I think is the most entertaining story, not only this week but for quite some time. Um, this is the best story. I think this is even better than my previous favourite story um, of, I think it was last year, um, which was um, about that electric truck company, um, Nikola, who were accused of basically not having their own technology. The technology that they did have didn't work. And that um, it famously um, used a, a, like a marketing video of one of its um, trucks seemingly you know, driving along a road when in, when in actual fact um, the engine didn't work and they pushed the, uh, they, they found a hill and they pushed the, the lorry down the hill and when they, they filmed it, they changed the angle to make it look like it was going on a straight bit of road. Absolutely genius. <laughs> but this is even better, in my opinion, uh, because that, I mean, in a way, there's sort of an excuse for that because... That's a, you know, it's a young company. It was SPAC backed and all that. 
this is Toyota, right? So mm. To- mm. Toyota, they have this, uh, or they have this um, SUV, which has the ridiculous name, the BZ4X. Um, and they, um, t- uh, Toyota ordered a recall of this car because apparently there was a chance that the wheels would fall off. Now, that is just absolutely ridiculous. It just keeps, this story just keeps on giving, right? So absolutely brilliant. So there was a, a guy, an automotive analyst um, called Seiji Sugiura, who's from Tokai to- uh, Tokyo Research Institute. And when asked by the very experienced FT journalists who, who did this, who are Japanese, um, you know, what his thoughts were, he said Toyota might want to show that they are extremely careful of the first launch of their EVs. Now, call me old-fashioned, but I do think that um, when you release a car or a vehicle of any kind, I do tend to expect that the, the wheels will stay on. And so, well, therefore, I would argue that being careful would be, you know, would be indicated by releasing a car whose wheels stay on. Um, so, anyway, I mean, absolutely unbelievable um but i mean you know what do you reckon i mean do you do you think you'd uh i mean would it, it might be quite entertaining mightn't it i mean you know driving a driving a car whose wheels may or may not fall off i don't know i i can't add anything to this i mean i find yeah. it quite astonishing yeah. uh, that this happened yeah what did occur to me is that maybe the branding department of Toyota could get together and they yeah. could call it the Toyota Freewheeler. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that is a keeper, Ralph. That's definitely a keeper. <laughs> and I think I that's mean, all I have to contribute. <laughs> that is so, so good. I mean, yeah, it's, it, it, it just sounds right, doesn't it? It sounds right. It fits. Um, it tells a story. I mean, yeah. I mean, Especially if wants... they did like an off-roader. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? Um, I drive a Toyota BZ4X or I drive a Toyota three-wheeler. I mean, it's brilliant. I mean, it's just so much better, I think. Yeah. Um, so, you know. So Toyota. Oh, by the way, does, yeah. does, does this wheeling situation is that including the steering wheel, as far as you know? Is no, it no, just... no, 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 no. Because of course that'll oh, stay on. Oh, of course, oh, of course. Stay on. I'm being silly now. Yeah, yeah. this stays yeah. on. Because that would, yeah. it's not like, hello. Well, like, like F. Mind <laughs> you, though, maybe it'd be like F1, wouldn't it? Um, where you just sort oh, of yeah, take of it and say, and also that would be quite good as a security um, thing, isn't it? I mean, people won't steal your car if, well, a if it doesn't have any wheels on it on the outside. I mean, it's always very difficult. <laughs> And then if you take the steering wheel away as well, then, you know, yeah. Yeah. People, yeah. and also of course if you drive these the, the if you drive this car into certain areas of town i mean yeah. the the thieves and and band members or what or gang members i'm yeah, sorry yeah. you can see i yeah. lead a I lead a yeah. shielded life so the the gang members come on and say oh excellent just take the wheels away you don't actually yeah. have to do anything no exactly <laughs> it's just oh we just look at them and they'll fall off um so yeah i mean and by the way actually in this in this um i forgot to say in the actual thing it said that one of the solutions, one of the suggested solutions for this was we might need to tighten the bolts. Seriously? (laughs) It's brilliant. We might need to tighten the bolts. So there we go. I mean, um, engineering 
at its finest. And Brilliant. I'm thinking, you know, you can have a really good sort of family day out, you know, in the car when you're driving along and you're wanting, you know, you're wanting to entertain everyone. You can, you know, this the song, you know, the wheels on the bus go round and round. You get the wheels on my Toyota go off and off, off and off, off and off. And it'd be, it'd be quite good, wouldn't it? I mean, it'd be the, yeah. new, the new big thing. It'd be a t- yeah. great TikTok, I'm sure. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Ever so often, Dad gets out of the bolts. Either that, or of course, when they notice all those sparks flying out of the back, you might have to stop, then go and get the wheel, then put it back on. Um, but um, but yeah. So anyway, yeah. Um, so, I mean, I'm sorry, there was absolutely no contribution I could make to this situation. No, I think... no, can I put a commercial spin on this? This yes. is a spin. Oh my goodness! I say. Ah, yeah. there we go. You see. <laughs> that, 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 no. I have to say, I, I personally believe that your huge contribution to this was the naming of the new vehicle <laughs> of the, the Toyota Three Wheeler. Absolutely brilliant! Yeah, it's um, my trademark. I, I will receive commission on money excellent. from Toyota for this one. Excellent, excellent. Very, excellent. Uh, okay. Cool. Anyway, so I think on that note, um, we shall, or uh, the, on the altogether more uplifting note than what we started on, um, oh, I think we'll stop there. But. Um, Thank you very much, Ralph. Always a pleasure. Um, and um, obviously, we'll be back again for more next week. Excellent. Thanks. Okay. Always, always a pleasure to be on the show, Peter. Okay. Thanks a lot All for right. having me. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye.